this is David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself, from the movies Terrifier and the upcoming Terrifier 2, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Kill you later. <laughs> In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Just want to thank all of our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. You guys are awesome. Before we get into tonight's film, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. My man Brian has done a fantastic job with the website. He's got it looking great. Everything about our podcast is on there. All of our episodes and interviews from episode one to our weekly release. If you want to check out all of our episodes there, maybe you have an office job, don't have access to your phone, you can listen on your desktop computer. We've done some incredible interviews in the past with some of the biggest names in horror, uh, some of your favorite slashers, uh, writers, directors. Check out our interviews if you haven't heard those yet. We got our store. We got some new T-shirts. Uh, Brian and Dustin have done some fantastic designs if you want to check those out. And we also have Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to grab a Tumblr. And we also have our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, we love interacting with our fans. We love, you know, meeting new people. We love answering your comments and questions on the air. So definitely check us out on social media. And the last thing I want to shout out is our Patreon. We call it Blood Donors. We have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind. If you're a big fan of our podcast, a big fan of our show. You want to help support us. That option is available. And we also have one-time donations if you want to donate and, you know, have a, if you have a film review you want us to do, that option is available as well. All right, guys, let's jump into the film review. This is week number two of Dust and Steam of Feel My Pain. Uh, you had to see it, so I had to see it, you know, whatever whatever that evil shit Dustin likes to put us through. This week <laughs> is Mike's pick. Mike, you want to announce your pick? Yeah, so actually uh, he has nobody to blame but himself here. Uh, I picked Terrifier 2. Partially to put him through pain because he picked this theme. So you kind of reap what you sow there. Here's what I'll say. And I, Brian, you're, I'm sorry you had to be a bystander, buddy. I do apologize for that. Uh, I'll openly apologize on this show for our excellent producer. <laughs> but I picked Terrifier 2 1 because I, I love the character of Art the Clown. I do. Like, I think he's a great character. I'm all in on the character. The first movie we reviewed on this show, you, you, you can listen to that at dogwather.com. I was in on the first movie because there's no story. I picked this movie because I really needed to rewatch it one more time because I watched it. Oh, you know, very shortly after it was released and I liked it. And then I watched it again, two days later. Now I didn't really like it that much. So I really needed to figure out where I came down on this movie. Plus I wanted to put Dustin through pain. So because of those <laughs> things, I fall somewhere in the middle. Surprising. I know it's okay. Uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. There's things I love about it. There's things I hate about it. So typical Mike kind of, co- you know, Mike cop out answer here. But the reason I, the real reason I picked it is to turn Dustin's theme around on him. So uh, that's bullshit. I hope, every, I hope every, uh, well, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed <clears throat> Terrifier Two in their time, and I hope you enjoy our review of it because I'm somewhere in the middle. It's fine. It's not. It's nothing great. It's nothing bad. Just kind of fine. Middle of the road. Nico, money, if Mike. I may. 
Middle of the road, Mike. I'll take it. <laughs> if I may. Fuck you, pal. This movie is so much worse than everything else that we're picking this month. Like, I, I said, feel my pain for Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid is not a movie that made me want to gouge my eyeballs out. Like, this... Okay. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I'd rather watch Rubber than this movie. And I gave Rubber a negative three, but that was kind of being facetious fucking with Sean because, you know, we got a lot of love for Sean. So that negative three is a bit harsh. I'll go ahead and say this is going to be the lowest score I've ever given on this show. Damn. All right, I'll go next. Uh, I went and rewatched a TikTok I made after my first initial watch. You know, I kind of said some basic shit like we would all probably agree on. Not the most story, too long. I still agree with that, but I'm with you, Mike. I love Art the Clown so much. Uh, David Thorne has cemented him as a horror villain icon already. Whether you like the movies or not, the character is. And you can ask Brian, there were a ton of Art the Clown cosplayers at Spooky Empire. He's very famous, and I like that because I remember, you know, discussing with Mike during our Jeepers Creepers episode. We're not going to get into that background of that director, but, you know, I was very upset that we didn't get more of those movies because I wanted a new slasher. This is my new slasher. I really like Art the Clown, the character. And, and, you know, I might be alone on this, but I went and rewatched the movie when they re-released it in theaters a couple weeks ago because they were giving out that poster and all that. And, you know, I'm a collector. I want that kind of stuff. I enjoyed the movie. It was fun in the theaters. I have fun with it. Uh, You know, it, it is too long, but. I had a good time with it, and Mike, shout out to you, man. You got Dustin down bad. You pissed Brian off last week, and you pissed him off again this week. I mean, you're just – I'm going to call Mike Butter because uh, he's on a roll. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, and I'm not joking. This is not jokey-jokey, Dustin. If there's a Terrifier 3 and we review it, I'm not watching it. I'm using PTO. <laughs> Motherfucker, watch the movie. It's coming it's out, coming out October 24th, 2024. Yay. Happy for y'all. <laughs> oh, you're going to be there, pal. You're going to be there on the episode. You're fucking going to be there. <laughs> you guys brought up Terrifier 1. Going back to that, the first time I watched it, I it was at Drew's house. I loathed it. Man, <laughs> and <laughs> when we when we reviewed it, I gave it a 4. And going back and looking at that score, I was like, I gave this movie a four. And, you know, honestly, I think I was riding the high of having Catherine and David Howard Thornton on. But let me just tell you what. I I agree with Dustin. This movie makes the first one look like Silence of the Lambs or something else that I've given a 10 to. I loathe this movie as well. Again, I'm sorry to any of our our fans and, and Nico that likes this movie. But like we always say, you know, we pride ourselves on being honest. And I honestly... Can't remember a movie that I hated this much since Rubber. Uh, it's incredibly boring to me. Way too long for that plot, to which I also find all over the fucking place. The pacing's horrendous. And to be honest, the bloated length pause just comes across as pretentious. Like the same way it seems to just be gore porn for the sake of gore porn and, and a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I'll save the rest for my summary at the end. But that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, really quick. We all kind of, I think you're right about the runtime a little bit because we all kind of bitched about the lack of story in the first film. This one has too much story. I need them to find a little bit of a sweet spot here. It's got a damn story that they don't even flesh out. No, it's awful. Riddle me this, Batman. 
Why the fuck is the description of this movie saying after being resurrected by a sinister entity? And that is not once addressed in the movie. Right. You're right. Not once. You're right. It's true. Who the fuck's a sinister entity? That little girl? Is she even real? I, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm glad I'm reading the scene by scene today because I was. I'm jealous. So flabbergasted when I was watching this movie going, man, I'm glad I did not have to break this down this week. Actually, it's a good thing I'm not doing the scene by scene because I would <laughs> I would not have been kind in what I was observing. All I'll right. right into it. Here we go. All right. Scene one. Uh, our cold open picks up right where the end of the first one left off, albeit still with no explanation as to how Art is still alive. We are shown Art walking down an alley as police cars drive by, carrying a black garbage bag as we see flashbacks of him brutally murdering the coroner from the first one with a hammer pulling out his eye and putting it in his own eye socket amongst other gross shit. He enters a late night laundromat and David Howard Thornton strips down to his bare ass to wash those blood soaked clothes. He reads the newspaper laughing at a news story of a dead family of four and hallucinates a little girl child version of himself who we see piss a black chunky discharge on the floor below where she is sitting. The two interact with each other, including playing patty cake when the lone patron who is also in the laundromat, wakes up to show us Art is just interacting with himself. When his clothes are clean, Art mops the floor, picks up his garbage bag, and we walk past the laundromat patron with a piece of mop handle sticking through his skull. Very family-friendly open there. What you got, Nico? (laughs) This is going to be a fun review. Starting off, the shots of Art the Clown in his alley, I think they're incredible. I'm going to say this a lot throughout the review. David Howland Thornton, he's phenomenal as Art. Uh, I read this to his interview. Y'all go check that out if you have it. He's great. 911 operators, they have a tough job, but they always ask the worst questions. They stay annoying the hell out of me, a job that I would never want or apply for, no matter how much I needed the money. Damien Leone and crew do a great job with the effects. Art stealing the coroner's eye and playing with it gives me a laugh. Does that make me a sick person? I'll let you judge. Art is such a unique villain. We've criticized recently, why were Jason's overall so clean in Friday the 13th Part 2, which you can listen to at don't go out there.com. I think it's fun seeing Art do his laundry. The little pale girl has a great horrifying look, but her existence confuses me. A backstory on her, amongst many other things, does need to be explained in the next movie, which I'm sure Dustin can't wait. Uh, the title card looks great, and the score is groovy. I think this is a fun, gritty, gory opening. That's all I got. Not a lot. <laughs> that rhymed. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I really thought this corner was dead, partially because before I sat down and watched the movie again, like, first of all, I almost forgot, but the first time I watched the movie, I watched the, like, or I listened to the podcast that Dead Meat did about it, and he counted it as a death. Well, here's the corner in the opening of this movie. Not explained. Okay. Um, anyway, I thought he was a dead fuck. I do love that there's some continuity, though. I will give them a little credit for at least trying to tie it to the first film. And look, one thing I don't think that deserves any slander is the practical effects. I think they look fucking phenomenal. Sometimes they're so over the top where I'm like, well, that's obviously practical effects. So it takes me out of it a little bit, but the design of it is great. Art's design is perfect. And I think David Howard Thornton does an awesome job <laughs> as art. Like I, I completely agree with Nico. If he wasn't in this movie, I would – well, first of all, I never would have watched the second one. <laughs> But the fact that he's back and he does an even better job to me as Art the Clown, I think is great. 
This opening kill was fucking gross. You're going to hear me say that a lot during this review. I think this stuff is fucking disgusting. The eyeball and brain stuff is so over the top that it starts to get into the funny category. So, I mean, he is a clown after all, so I get it. The head split, unrealistic, but all right, I'm here for the practical effects. Why is this motherfucker naked in a laundromat? But can other people not see art? Like, like I'm so, there's just some stuff, some rules that I'm so confused by. And I know I'm not the only one, but like, if he's naked in a laundromat, there's people in there. No one seems to be shocked the fact that art is butt-ass naked at this laundromat. So it's just kind of a little bit of a weird bending of the rules. I'm not a huge, you know, and they do it with Freddy Krueger too. And I know if you listen to interviews with David Leone, that's an inspiration for art is Freddy Krueger. So, all right, fine. But I mean, there are two totally different kinds of characters in my opinion. I actually go back and forth on if I like the addition of this little girl. I'm undecided. Shocker. I know. But there's some stuff that she does that's creepy and I like. But then she shits herself way worse than I did on Dustin's front porch. And that's just kind of <laughs> really, that's really fucking disgusting. It takes me out of it, you know what I mean? But anyway, oh, uh, yeah. it is, you know, last thing I have, it is hilarious to see art in real life predicaments. I will say I do like that they do that with the character. He's not just this mystical thing that's off in the, off in the distance and chasing you down. He's at the laundromat. He's at the spirit Halloween. He, he, you know, he's doing these, he's trick-or-treating. He's doing these real life things that I think really works for the character. The movies eh, remain to be seen. So it is a really good opening with the rain and the alley and the ominous music. And that's about all I have good to say about the entire movie. Uh, Plenty of immediate gore, which makes sense because that's all this franchise has to offer. Damien Leone is Mr. Shock Value over Substance. It's clear. Uh, Art and the corner, they're all bloodied up. And then we get a brutal first kill with some real sicko shit when Art pulled the guy's eye out and played with it. And, of course, he rips the guy's head into two and pulls his brain out. Um, Why was Art not missing an eye the rest of the movie? Why did the hole in the back of his head heal up? Don't know. Uh, And then, so that guy in the laundromat, he just slept through Art coming in. And none of the cars passing by noticed a naked cloud inside. Like you said, Mike, is he invisible? Speaking of invisible, the little girl, what the fuck was that about? He didn't hallucinate like that in the first movie. And then why does she start pissing black blood? And then we get the most predictable kill of the movie. He stabbed the guy with the mop handle because, of course, he did. Honestly, I don't know if this is a good set of scenes or not. I hated the first one so much. I'm just annoyed that I'm having to watch this one. <laughs> I know it was never discussed that an entity brought back art but is this little girl supposed to be the in the the big evil big bad evil entity that keeps bringing art back to life i mean i don't want to jump to the end with the with the carrying off art's head and then suddenly art's head coming back from the pussy from the girl from the first one but like is you said pussy I mean, like an eighth grader pussy look it's like the marijuana installed I mean, man I, I believe so. I believe that's who she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be the evil entity. Yeah, I think but, so. But again, the issue that I have, and we'll get into it in this next set of scenes. Why can? Why did she disappear in the uh, laundromat when he's playing, you know, patty cake with her? Yeah. We get from the other guy's point of view, and she's not there. But later in the movie, everyone else can see her. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck's going on. The problem is, 
It's never said ex- explicitly in the movie that <laughs> an entity brings him back to life. It's never said or explained in any – just a little comment by somebody to give me some ground rules to work with. Because, look, as you know, I'm very forgiving. But even this right. I have to call out because I don't know what art is – and it, it's worse later in the movie because I don't know what art is supposed to be. Human – some kind of shape-shifting reptilian that runs our country. What? I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, and it's different when we say that we don't want to hear backstory on people like, you know, sure. Michael Myers or whatever. Like, when you don't even know what's going on, right. you need some backstory. Something. Especially oh, because... Well, this isn't the... Sh- yeah, this is way different. The, the, the switch-up is incredible. Like, the first movie, he was just a guy. Yeah. And then this movie introduces all this supernatural shit that wasn't present in the first movie. That's the issue. There's inconsistencies in the rules of the franchise. And so it's... I, anything else before we jump into the next set? Nico, you got probably, anything? but I'm going to save it. <laughs> all right, scene two. In a very Nightmare on Elm Street 3-ish style opening credit sequence, we're introduced to Sienna Shaw putting the finishing touches on her Halloween costume one year after the events of the first movie and the cold open. We cut to dinner, where Sienna is having dinner with her brother Jonathan and her mother Barbara. Jonathan discusses wanting to dress as art for Halloween and is promptly shut down. We're shown clips of Jonathan obsessing over the Miles County murders on the interwebs while Sienna and their mother discuss his sanity. During that discussion, we also find out that their father died from a brain tumor the previous year, and Jonathan's obsession with art stems from his discovery of his father's sketchbook, showing sketches of him and Art's victims from the first movie, Tara and Dawn. Friend of the show, Catherine Corcoran. Listen to her interview. Go out there.com. Later that night, Jonathan comes asking for super glue, and we find out that their father gave Sienna a sword that is razor sharp and stays on her nightstand. Sienna falls asleep watching TV, and we're taken into her super fucked up nightmare at the Clown Cafe, where kids are shooting commercials while eating cereal full of bugs and razor blades. Art shows up riding the tricycle from Happy Gilmore, and things get even more fucked up as everyone is mowed down with a Tommy gun. Not the fighter from Rocky Five, an actual Tommy gun. Sienna wakes up to a fire in her room, which burns up the wings from her costume. The sword, however, remained unscathed. The last bit of the scene, uh, this set of scenes, shows Art working in his shop while the little pale girl watches the interview of Vicky from the first movie on a TV that isn't plugged in. The two watch the interview and laugh at Vicky's disfigured face before Art destroys the TV. Go ahead, Nico. All right. Mama Barbara is an example of why I would never approve remote work. If you're on a call, please finish the call instead of cooking. Jesus Christ. How ironic that Sienna says you don't see people dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. The screenplay was written before the Dahmer series became so popular and people indeed, indeed did dress up as Dahmer. That is very strange behavior. Uh, Like Brian mentioned, I actually wrote this down. Shout out to Catherine Corcoran, friend of the show. It's good seeing her and the research that Jonathan is doing. She's wonderful. And her interview is available where, Brian? Don't go out there.com. That's right. I got got another one of those, so just stay tuned. I don't think Sarah Voigt as Barbara is a terrible actress per se, but she does overact as the mom throughout. I like the exchange between Sienna and Jonathan. I think they have a nice older sister, younger brother relationship. The Clown Cafe scene, props to Leah Voicy. She's a good singer and a guitar picker. Art Krispies is the most disgusting looking cereal I've ever seen. Sienna should take those crickets to catch the minners she was talking about. Uh, David Howard Thornton has such a good presence on screen as Art. I love his reveal at the Clown Cafe. 
the fa- this fake heart Sienna unveils looks really good, and the coinciding score makes it a really gross and creepy scene. Mike told us when we all watched Terrifier, we'd all hate the gun kill, and he was right. However, the Tommy gun kill slaughter them all was fun as hell. Lighting the Clown Cafe host on fire while she continues to sing is, I thought it was awesome. I like that Art killed a kid while eating cereal, giving Art the Man Fuck Them Kids Award for this review. The wings lighting on fire in real life is confusing. Is this some Freddy Krueger shit? Why did this candle shoot fire like a stream and ignite them? I'm with Jonathan here. I should be able to stay home from school after this ordeal. Like, what the hell, Mom? Mom needs to work on her anger issues. I know it's not easy to be a parent, but damn. I don't know, Brian. You can comment on that later if you want to. I feel bad for Victoria and her deformed face, but it's kind of hard for me to believe her hair is so nice. Is that a weird nitpick, I must ask? The Clown Cafe scene runs a little long, but so far I'm enjoying the movie. Go ahead, Mike. loves watching right. kids get mowed down with Tommy guns, he said. I do like this opening credit scene. You mentioned it being very uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. You're right, straight out of the 80s. I really thought it was a nice touch, honestly. Um, you know, while watching the credits, though, Damien Leone's fucking name is everywhere. This motherfucker did everything on this movie. Every slide of the credits has his fucking name in it. So he's wearing a lot of hats for sure. Uh, Lauren Lavera, call me sometime. Uh, <laughs> dressing up as real killers is... Like Nico said, that's weirdo behavior. Like, I'm not a fan of that. And I know this was filmed before the Dahmer stuff, but it ended up being pretty topical at the time, given Dahmer and given the the release of the film. Uh, that ended up happening after that after that series was released. And I again, just not something you should ever really do. These are real people, real victims. And I think this was trying to touch on that because it's not the first. You know, people dress up as John Wayne Gacy's clown. That's fucked up. You, you you should not do that. I will I will take a full stance on that. Apparently, you can take a stance and get and get booted off a movie these days. Anyway, um, look, I know this mom has been through a ton, but she's a bitch, man. <laughs> she's she's straight up not someone I would want to hang out with ever. She's a very unlikable character, so it's hard to have empathy and sympathy for her. Um, the little brother is a weirdo, but it's not like. Nobody, well, me and Nico, at least, have never looked up anything about serial killers, so I hate to be too judgeful on that. Um, the mom not knowing what a minnow is annoyed the fuck out of me. Just a big pet peeve. How do you not know what a fucking minnow is? Uh, we're already at the point where we have more story than the first. We even get a little sweet sibling dialogue, but I will still argue too much story here. I know, I, I sound like a hypocrite, but whatever. What's more psycho, and I know Dustin will back me up for one time on this show, will, well, actually be Nico. So we're in cahoots, brother. Willingly watching these old-ass black-and-white movies around Halloween season is psychopathic behavior, man. you got way better in-color films that you can turn on at any time to watch during the Halloween season. But nope, we're going to watch one from 1946. It's ridiculous. Um, she was trying to fall asleep, so it makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I was probably watching Dracula. Anyway, um, the Clown Cafe song is badass. I enjoy it. Like, I, I I get a kick out of it. I love the the song. Like, it gets stuck in my head. I get stuck in my head this last time. Um, I do wonder what the inspiration for that was. Like, I I didn't do any research on it. Like, I wonder if Damien Leone wrote it and maybe he got it from another movie or, you know, whatever. But I really love that. And, and I like the Clown Cafe scene. I don't love the Clown Cafe scene because it's something that Nico said. It goes entirely too fucking long. Like, we are in this dream sequence. for, And if I'm going to bitch about Halloween 2's opening, 
Rob Zombies, I'm going to bitch about this. When a dream sequence goes too long, I'm really fucking annoyed. Uh, yeah, you still get to see the kills, but they don't hold any weight because they're in a fucking dream. Uh, and I just think we go a little too long in the tooth there. I will say Art DePon serving food out of a food truck is fucking hilarious. Uh, great character work from David Howard Thornton, in my opinion here. Uh, for all the people who didn't like him using a gun in the first movie, me, <laughs> uh, fuck us. <laughs> they just they just said fuck us and had him kill the fucking 15 people with a gun, a uh, machine gun at that. I will say, I'm getting him to the end here. Uh, the jaunty tune as the backdrop for this massacre, I thought was a nice touch. Very creepy, very eerie. Uh, kind of made me feel weird and, and I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, I was a fan of it, but it internally I wasn't a fan. As much as I like some of this stuff, just has no business being this long. Uh, I don't love the sword story, so I, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't don't really understand it. I mean, they touch on it that it was her dad's, but not not in like any kind of great detail. So, it just I'm not a fan of this sword that gets that appears here on her dresser. Also, last thing, how the fuck can Art the Clown get a better TV? This man's going through people's garbage, and he's using a TV from all in the family. You have got to get a better TV, Art. That's all I got. TV wasn't even plugged in, and he watched it. See? Well, they may, you know what? They did used to make things more reliable. Who knows? So we get a great score when Sienna is making her costume, but I don't know if it fits this movie, but it is a groovy tune, as Nico would say. Uh, initial thoughts on a little brother, future school shooter, and the mom is very typical, just dismisses it as a phase. But I guess props to her because he turned out to be a pretty good kid, actually. Now, it's implied that the dad died via brain tumor here. But later we hear when the girls are talking that he killed himself. Okay. It's like, which is, it's, it's a very minor detail. So there's no need to throw us off the scent like that. Just tell us what the fuck happened. Uh, funny that Sienna was watching an old black and white movie. Like I said, she was trying to go to sleep. So I'm sure Nico agrees that that's visual NyQuil. And then, man, talk about a fucked up dream. This is worse than any Fred Krueger dream by far. Shout out to the movie featuring a Thompson submachine gun. We do need more Tommy gun kills in movies. Uh, then her room just catches fire. So, again, there's supernatural stuff in this one. Great. I love it. Love the switch up. Very convenient that the fire extinguisher placement is just right there in the in the closet right outside her bedroom door. Let me ask you all something. This is true. kind of off topic. Do you all have fire extinguishers in your houses? No. I mean, Brian Actually, probably has no. a multi-thousand dollar sprinkler system in the Hathaway compound. But wow, I don't have a fire extinguisher at all. So I, I don't know. I do not I have, have a water hose. That's the closest thing I got. Yeah, I don't too. think we have one. I got a phone to call nine one one. Man, fuck that. I'm out of here. I ain't trying to put that fire out. But uh, so, and then work just fine. Anyway, bag of sand. Uh, yeah, I keep that lying around the house. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm from Florida, where flooding happens. So you got to keep a bag of sand around sometimes to put by the door. Anyway. Uh uh, so Art's imaginary friend, she could just do things on her own, like drag a TV out, turn it on. Cool. And then old girl on the TV just added her grotesque look for more shock. Like I said, this is all shock values. So all this movie is strongly dislike this set of scenes. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, here we go. At school the next day, Jonathan sees two kids, Eric and Sean by the dumpsters, fucking disgustingly poking a dead possum with a stick. Felissa Rose is alerted to the kids and breaks up the party, sending them to class. 
Later in the day, while getting water, Jonathan sees Art and the Pale Girl in the hallway playing with the dead possum and pulling out its insides and eating them. Just fantastic cinema. At lunch, Sienna's friends, Allie and Brooke, discuss Vicky's meltdown on the Monica Brown-Victoria Hayes interview, giving Sienna a panic attack. We see Jonathan brought to the house by a police officer, blamed for the possum in the hallway incident, while at the same time, Sienna and Allie go to the costume shop to buy more wings for the party that night. Art, of course, shows up to the shop and runs into Allie before scaring Sienna and bringing her bag to the register. Once gone, Art locks the front door and murders the shop vendor with a broken bottle to the face, a hatchet to the cranium, before a gruesome beheading. Back at the Shaw household, Jonathan successfully convinces Sienna that it wasn't him who vandalized the school that day, as she, herself, struggles with the realization of what was drawn in her father's sketchbook. Later that evening, trick-or-treaters begin to funnel into Allie's house when Art himself shows up. After a brief interaction, he leaves, and we're back at Sienna's house as she has another panic attack while watching the news. But she doesn't hesitate and medicates before we are treated to a fantastic 80s score as she gets suited up for the party. Allie, however, is not so lucky as we are treated to another visitation by Art himself. This one going much worse as she is gruesomely murdered in her bedroom, in one of the most gruesome deaths I've ever seen on film. Well, ever since, you know, 10 minutes ago. She is scalped and then has her skin peeled from her back while tearing limbs off one at a time. Allie's mother has the pleasure of finding her daughter's brutally but somehow still alive body with Art continuing to cut pieces off of it. Go ahead, Nico. All right, y'all bear with me. I got the most amount of notes on this set. Uh, the boys pranking the girl, the dead possum, is definitely something my friends would have done back in the day. I recognize this face. Shout out to Felissa Rose, a true horror legend. You know, we covered her in the sleepaway camp many moons ago. If there's not a, a guest we've tried to get on more, that's been more frustrating. It's her. We've gotten so many yeses, but getting her lined up has been a pain. But hopefully we get on the show eventually. This is a sick, creepy scene with Jonathan seeing Art and Pale Girl play with the possum corpse. But I'm so confused if they're actually there or if Pale Girl is a figment of Art's imagination. Sienna freaks out, makes a scene, and her friends just let it slide. If I was one of the, her friends, I'm pressing her on what the strange happening was last night. Like, I'm, I'm concerned about her right then. Art in a costume shop, this is fun to me. I'm glad he's not like Jason or Michael, a maniacal psychopath clown just walking among society is horrifying to think about. I love how visibly shaken Sienna is at the register and Lauren portrays it perfectly. The still of Art in the yellow flower glasses and the slinky eyes is already iconic. I sent that still to Dustin to, you know, make one of our almost Fridays, and I think he actually even got a good laugh out of the yellow glasses one, at least. I saw at least five people that cosplay at Spooky Empire. I really hope Damien explores this fascination Art has with Sienna in the next film. There's a really good movie there that needs to be told. Damien doesn't help the black actor in a horror movie not dying stereotype, but it is a brutal, memorable death. Glass bottle to the head, stab to the eye, meat cleaver to the head, decapitation. Damn, Art. But... Chad Meeks would have survived. This exchange between Sienna and Allie is a tough one. I can see both point of views, but I'd be so mad low-key if I was Sienna. Like, uh, I don't really want to be told that it was just all in my imagination. The mom and son finding Art with the head is a cool scene. Art is such a sick fuck. And fun fact, that's Tamara Glenn from Halloween 5 as the mother. I love the look on Sienna's face when she sees her father's sketch of Art and when her brother asks if she's connected to Art too. Barbara cracks me with how much emphasis she uses saying God damn to Jonathan. She does have a really good mom's overwhelmed face. 
Damien does a good job of making it feel like Halloween at Allie's house when she's passing out candy. The leaves, the outdoor decorations, I think it works. Allie, just give the damn clown some candy. I love the shocked face she makes when she sees the bloody saw in his garbage bag. Another confusing moment as the hot news anchor calls out Sienna's name on TV. Was that real or in Sienna's head from her medication? The music is awesome as Sienna puts her costume together and gets dressed up. Is it just me or does Allie kind of look like Ava Adams in the face? If you know, you know. The moment is too big. She freezes and pisses down her leg watching Art get a glass of water. Allie's death is brutal, over the top, and not for the faint of heart. Her acting is just okay, and I totally understand if you think this runs on too long. Serial killers were brought up earlier, so I think this scene works in a way that there are killers who torture their victims like this. Damien's not trying to make another Michael or Jason that just stabs once or twice and moves on, and I can appreciate that. I like this exchange between mother and daughter. I like the dad would have loved it line from Barbara in reference to the costume. It's good to see some emotion besides anger from her. Not a worst, not a worst case scenario I can think of as a parent finding your child being tortured by a psycho killer, but the acting is pretty bad from Allie's mom. A lot to unpack here, but like the last set, I enjoyed the set of scenes. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, uh, first of all, I'm not going to let you just sneak this by. You just name drop Ava Adams. <laughs> hey, if you know, you know. Anyway. Doesn't she, does she kind of look like her in the face a little bit? I'm not Fair really enough. aware of who you speak of, Nico. So there you go. Anyway. <laughs> Opossums are one of my least favorite fucking animals, by the way. Just, I'm sure there are people who think they're cute. More power to you. Just, nope, not for me. Gross. Anyway, Melissa Rose, call me sometime. Yeah, I got a couple of those in this movie, man. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, my only, another classroom staring scene in a horror film. Really? Like, this is shot very similar to some of the Nightmare ones, some of the Halloween ones. I, I mean, I'm all down with a tribute, but I don't know. Maybe it was just the mood I was in. Um Look, I like the backstory, and I do agree with Nico. I think the brother and sister have good chemistry, uh, and I like that we're telling a story. But Solo, I just don't care that much about this brother's plight, this brother's problems. Uh, just, I'm just being honest, man. Um, I will say Art and the little girl are great in the scene where they kind of turn around and give him the death stare after ripping apart the pot. Like, really Good acting, in my opinion. Some of the best in the movie. And the music is great. Um, the teacher slash principal, whoever that is, in the hallway that yells at him, can also call me sometime. Jesus, this whole staff is stacked, son. Um, also, friends of Sienna, call me sometime. Anyway, uh, all right, I'm done. That's my last one. But I had to get them all out. I had to unload the chamber, man. Come on. Uh, she, she was mad that her wings burnt down. I know she spent a lot of time on them. But then she pretty much goes and gets an identical pair of wings from the Spirit Halloween knockoff store. Uh, I mean, she's like, how do I win? These wings don't look any different than the wings you made. I don't care what kind of effort you put in. I do apologize, but I'm just saying. Um, I will say, I agree with Nico. Art the Clown is so fucking creepy in this Spirit Halloween store. Like, I think that they do a fantastic job towing that line of being really fucking freaky and playful and funny. Like, there's a really good balance that I think they keep with the character. And like I said earlier, you, you just don't get very many slashers in these real-life situations that I do I do appreciate them attempting this. Um, I love the different glasses, though. That shit cracked me the fuck up. Uh, every time turning around having a different pair, I thought it was really good stuff. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm going to deny a sale to a grown man dressed as a clown as someone who works in retail. Hey, as someone who works in retail, uh, I'm, if a man comes up to me dressed like Art the Clown, I'm denying that sale. Great. Thank you, Nico. Uh, it's, now it's all Halloween. What? That doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm still denying the sale. I'm not a fan of clowns. Fuck clowns. Cleaver to the side of the head kill I thought was really well done. The effects look good. Uh, it's just so fucking gross, man. Like, I can't I can't overstate, like, even for me, I, and I'm not squeamish, but it's just so, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, it, look, it kind of feels like we get just too much story here. There's too much in between these kills that are about to happen for my liking. Like, again, a little bit of story, a little bit of depth, but I'm not asking for, you know, a fucking Shakespeare play. I just need a little something of connective tissue. Uh, I will say, I was not fucking expecting Ali's kill to go this way. Like, when the first time I watched this movie, that is not what I was expecting. I was thinking, you know, like all the other kills, maybe a little gratuitous, but nothing like this. And I just want to say, it was fucking brutal. It's over the top, but the effects look really good here and it made me uncomfortable it felt like someone was being tortured there is a point where it's played a little bit for laughs i think but again i I, i'm not squeamish but i just feel so uncomfortable and the salt in the wounds literally it is really fucking that's rough man that is a tough deal um and i felt like they maybe they had the idea they had the top the split down the middle kill from the last film which i don't know if you necessarily had to do that like i think that kill kind of spoke for itself. I don't know if you had to go above and beyond that kill. That that kill was brutal enough. Uh, and this one was just, man, it was tough. Uh, I will say a last thing. When she's found, it's terrifying for a parent to walk in on that, but the mom's acting is so poor and Art's acting is so good. Uh, I just found that whole thing fucking hilarious. So uh, I couldn't do anything but laugh at that point because I just watched something that made me feel pretty fucking uncomfortable. All right, so Jonathan can see Art's imaginary friend. What the fuck's going on? And how did this grown man dressed as a clown with this creepy-ass little girl just get into the school undetected? Like, no one saw him? No one thought to question I don't know. I'm not buying that. And then mom doesn't even want to ask why he went away from school. That's great parenting. And then I know it's Halloween, but no one thinks to question a creepy-ass guy dressed like the killer walking around on the town on the anniversary of the killing spree. It's the same shit with Scream. It's like the local authority does have the right to, you know, ban that those articles of clothing during this troubling time because people are starting to die in this movie. So I guess you could forgive it, but just, just the fact that no one even raises an eyebrow, it's kind of weird to me. Then we get another signature brutal kill. Cut the guy's head off on par. When Art was trick-or-treating, what kind of lunatic doesn't have a peephole in the front door? That was my biggest takeaway. As a big-ass door... No peephole. She had to open the door to see who's at the door. No, fuck out of here. Really uncomfortable shower scene. I get it. She's 29 in real life, but she's portraying a high schooler. There's no need for side boob or those close-ups of her body. Perverts. And then, all right, man. Art busted the glass and let himself in, and she didn't hear it. Better yet, there was an alarm pad by the front door. She didn't set the arm, set, set the alarm before going to bed. Fuck out of here. And then he just cut her scalp up, uh, off like that. This movie can go to hell. Just nothing but shock value. 
I love the close up of the blessed sign hope, uh, hanging over her bed because that's how I feel blessed that I'll never have to watch this movie again. <laughs> Art did take the phrase rubbing salt in a wound to a new level though. We've already beat that horse to death. Uh, there's just, there's just no way that she'd still be alive when the mom walked in though. None, yeah. none. Do you see how much blood was all over the room? How many limbs she's had cut off and her scalps missing? No, not buying it. Fuck this set of scenes. Go ahead. Yeah, and I've thought about that many times during this movie and the many times that I watched it. There's many, many places that I was like, yeah, their body would go into shock by now and they would be unconscious. That doesn't yep. make sense. Anyway, next set of scenes. At the Halloween party, Brooke and Sienna order some drinks and shots of clear whiskey. And although we don't see it, we find out later that Brooke spikes her drink with Molly. We cut back to Allie's where Art has cut her head off and is now using it to hand out candy to unsuspecting trick-or-treaters. Another quick cut, and we're back at the Shaw residence where Jonathan and Barbara get into it. He tries to convince her of his side of things, and Barbara rips up the sketchbook. He calls her a bitch, and she asks him what the five fingers said to the face. Slap! And he runs away. Back once again to the nightclub, and Sienna is feeling herself literally and figuratively where Brooke admits to spiking her drink. She sees her mom called her and then calls her back against Brooke's advice. Yet another quick cut, and we're back to seeing Barbara pilling up with some wine to calm herself down. She hears the garage door close and finds her car vandalized with the same word written on the windshield that her son just called her, a bitch. We see Jonathan running down the street where he spots Art's van and sees the pale girl. So he sees the girl that everybody else is invisible. We cut back to Sienna and her mom's conversation uh, where they seem to make peace. And after hanging up the phone, Barbara begins to clean the car only to find Art inside where he promptly blows her head off with a sawed-off shotgun. Go ahead, Nico. All right, the uh, Halloween party looks fun. I can't even cap. And Brooke is acting like Dustin at The Hobbit ordering all these damn shots. I agree, Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. I agree, Sienna. I don't know how people drink liquor either. Hot take liquor is disgusting. You got to shoot it because shit's nasty. This is awesome. Art using really Allie's take. mom. <laughs> this is awesome. Art using Allie's mom's head as a candy dish. That's some sick diminished shit, and I love it. I guess I am a sicko. Damn, Barbara. That was a good ass slap on Jonathan's face. It looked like it was real, too. The kids need a good smack every now and then. That's why they're so damn bad these days. You know a mom's reached her breaking point in a horror movie when they break out the red wine. Why did Brooke feel the need to admit to mollying her in this moment? That's so shitty of her to do, of course, but such a random time to admit it. The little peril girl's glowing yellow eyes is an awesome, creepy visual. I'd run back home to, to mama too, Jonathan. I'd be scared as hell. Barbara has reached her breaking point with this pranked vehicle and hearing Sienna's drunk voice. Barbara's anger is so funny to me. But it is a sweet moment hearing them tell each other that they love each other. Uh, we get a good jump scare here. Barbara seeing Art and him shooting her. It's a really good kill out of nowhere. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Yeah, I promise I won't ramble as much as the last two sets of scenes. Here we go. Uh, I just got to be blunt and honest. I don't give a fuck about this costume party, man. Not a single thing in this costume party is interesting to me. It's where they're way too fucking long watching them dance watching them converse, like, I just don't care. And I know that she gets drugged, so I hear you that it's an important part of the film, but we could have cut this. Like, there's about 15 minutes of fat here that we could have cut down, just throwing that out there. Uh, and, and also, Zombies Halloween 2 combined with Halloween Kills have really spoiled 
costume party scenes for me. Like, I think I'm good. Like, I, I think I'm good on that. One was a, one had a golden shower involved and the other one's in a really bad fucking movie. Halloween in. So I'm good. Anyway, look, I wouldn't want to watch a movie with my mom either after the way she flipped out on me. So, I mean, I totally understand their little conundrum here. She did slap the shit out of him though. That was a Deborah McMichael slap. Justin knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> look, again, I know she's grieving, but this kid's right. She's a bitch. I would have called her. This, well, I wouldn't have to call my mom that, but I would have thought it. I would have thought it. Uh, <laughs> oh, joy. We're back at the party. I wrote in my n- notes here. Uh, just, again, don't care. Now, I will say friends that drug other friends are good friends, pal. Keep those people around. Those are the best. Uh, <laughs> she, the mom, what I say? Uh, the mom finally showed a human side, which I did appreciate. Finally, something besides being a total bitch. So I, I, I like the little bit of the I love you back and forth here. This is where the movie starts to drag to me. Like, this is where we're really getting just too long. Like, you know, pause, I guess. But this is, hey, not, I said pause. I said pause. Okay. okay. Uh, but just starts to drag until you see R's face in the window. Then we kind of pick back up a little bit. But I just, I just don't care about the party. So this set of scenes is just drugged down for me. This this is where it starts to drag, man. This has been dragging for however long we've been watching it. To <laughs> all me. right, I meant all uh, right. <laughs> Art handing out can- candy and a severed head. Okay, I mean, look, in a different movie, that would have been awesome to me. But it's so mild compared to the other shit we see in the movie that I just don't even care about. It's just like, yeah, par for the course. Barbara has lost control of her household. She's like Mark Richt in the Georgia locker room. All she knows how to do is ignore her son's red flags and yell. Not surprised by what happens to her. Uh, Brooke must have been listening to Rick Ross during this time. She put Molly all in her champagne. She didn't even know it. Uh, did Sienna a favor, though. Molly is fantastic, or so I've heard. But the audio mixing at the party was atrocious. Yeah, it's probably realistic because with loud music at a party, you can't hear shit. But the girls were talking at a normal level. They weren't yelling. There's no way they could hear each other talking. And for movie purposes, it was awful. Need to lower the music to the background level and have them talk louder so that we, the audience, can hear what the fuck they're saying. I had trouble with that. If I didn't have any uh, subtitles, I would have missed some of that. And then, why were the little girl's eyes glowing in the van? Why? Okay. But solid advice here from Brooke. I wouldn't advise calling your mom while you're rolling either. Definitely co-sign that. All right, with the fucking hand cannon blew her damn head off. Shit. I'm not buying that that gun with that kind of blast would, wouldn't have any kick, though. So that's unrealistic. Like, he just, he didn't even move his wrist at all and then blew her fucking head completely off. Another shit set of scenes. Go ahead. <laughs> Back at the club, Sienna sees the little pale girl on the dance floor and has another panic attack. Jonathan returns home to find Barbara's corpse somehow with her head reattached, sitting at the dining room table. Art enters with some mashed potatoes. He then takes and stuffs into Barbara's already mangled face. He pulls out a very large needle and chases Jonathan upstairs where he attempts to subdue Art with Sienna's sword. To no prevail, however, as Art drugs him and steals Sienna's sword himself. That was a lot of S's there. Uh, Brooke and her boyfriend, Jeff, drive Sienna home as Brooke chastises her for freaking the fuck out. She receives a call from the little pale girl impersonating Jonathan. Sidebar, so now we get the little pale girl who's interacting with real physical stuff. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here with her. 
Anyway, the calls were uh, luring, luring them to the old carnival where Art killed the pale girl years before. And we enter a nearly 45-minute third act. Sienna heads towards and enters the Terrifier haunted attraction looking for Jonathan, who we see waking up to some dolls and the pale girl cutting her face off. Lovely. We cut back to Jeff and Brooke as they make out and do some blow for a little pick-me-up. Jeff gets shut down and then proceeds to leave the van to, quote, pee-pee. And my, my guy is shown pissing all over the place, by the way, just splashing everywhere. When he stabbed right in the dick many times from Art, who seemingly came out of fucking nowhere. Brooks starts the van up, but doesn't drive away, and is drug out of the car by Art, who is kicked by Brooke as she limps away slowly from a wound suffered from being drug out of the window. She falls, allowing Art to catch up as she attempts to remove her boots and scream. Sienna hears Brooke screaming as they both run the halls of the old attraction looking for each other. Art catches up with her and throws acid on her face, laughing, then proceeds to beat her with the homemade club violently ripping her chest open, pulling out her heart, and biting it. Woo, yay. Go ahead, Nico. All right, the drunk girl at a club sees ghostly figure. That's a trope that's kind of been beaten to death to me at this point. Holy shit, Jonathan walks in on a nightmare. Mom's head is blown to smithereens at the dinner table. Who walked into a worse dinner table scenario, Jonathan or Howard from Pearl? Being tortured is definitely one of my greatest fears in life. Seeing a maniacal clown inject me with God knows what, that's horrifying. I have to reiterate this. I like the look of the little peril girl, but I need to know her connection to art in the next movie. How does she have the powers to mimic voices? Brooke is a weird friend. A part of me thinks she cares about Sienna, but she had a little, she had very little compassion telling that story of Sienna's dad's death. Is she a bitch or maybe it's just the liquor and the Molly? Yeah. I continue to be impressed by that. <laughs> I <laughs> I continue to be impressed by Damien Leone's practical effects work as the pale girl rips her face off to Jonathan's horror. Regardless of how you feel about this movie, Terrifier is an awesome name for a haunted house escape room. I feel bad for old Jeff. He's an innocent bystander and gets stabbed in the dick multiple times and then has it ripped off. Way worse than just grabbed and twisted. Brooke yeah. delivers a dance. <laughs> Had to get that line. I'm surprised Brian didn't say that. God dang it, Brian. I know. I've got it in my notes. Get it together, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's also in my notes as the dick twist kill. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke delivers a damn good kick to the face, and I love how Art just smiles about it. My heart breaks for Jeff, though. Man is in agony from his dick rip-offage. I'd be so pissed if I was getting chased by a serial killer and then something jump scares me like what happens to Brooke. Art is an asshole hitting Brooke with the old razzle-dazzle. You think it's a spike club, but bam, acid to the face. Art's been watching too much Liver King eating Brooke's raw heart. And this is just another set of scenes I enjoy, which I know disgust Brian and Dustin here. Go ahead, Mike. Dick ripped offage. Man, <laughs> I, I wrote can't. that. I wrote that word for word, bar for bar. <laughs> There's just some good and some bad in this set of scenes. Like I know, like I, I can't come down on either side because there is some good here, but there's some really bad too, man. Like first of all, uh, a bad trip. Been there. Been there. It's gonna be okay, buddy. Every now and then you have a bad trip. You don't hit it right. It it's it happens. God, her face looked fucking brutal here. Uh, and I love art, but it's fu- all this is so fucking disgusting to me, man. And I just again, I want to reiterate, I don't like the sword plot. Like I think it's dumb, and I know they try to get to the point where it's her dad's or whatever. But like it, it just it's not moving the needle for me. 
Uh, and, and I just think it's kind of a dumb side plot. I think we could have done without. I do like this is elite levels of toxicity by her friend here. I love gaslighting your friend for trying to act like the good guy for drugging you. That is that is incredible toxicity that I will stand. Way to be the worst friend in the world. I appreciate that. Uh, somehow the little girl's an elite voice actor. That's something. I mean, it just better impressions than anyone I've ever seen. Okay, I'll, I'll, I can't look. I can't overlook that. It's not explained. There's no connection. Help me out here. Like that just, just makes no sense to me. I do like an old abandoned fair circus, amusement park as a movie set. Like I think it's a good horror set. Um, man, this may sound insensitive, but I feel like we overcomplicate the father's death a little bit here. Like he was mentally ill, but he died in the crap. Like there's a lot going on there. I feel like that's overwritten. Like just he passed away. Like, I feel like that's all that really needs to be said there. Like it's, it, it, it's effective enough on its own. Like, I don't feel like we have to, you know, really overwrite that, but that's, you know, that's just me. Um, look, nothing like a little bump for a bumping session. If you know what I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with adding those two things together. That's good stuff. Um, also, Coke is too expensive for her to be fucking around with it like that. Don't you fucking you. dare. Hey, buddy, if someone takes your back, that is, that's an immediate punch to the face. I don't care who are you are. Are we talking um, about Coca-Cola? Yes, yeah. Brian. Coca-Cola. Yep. It's very expensive for a can okay. these days. Just making sure. Uh, absolutely, man. Uh, it's about $200. God damn, we talk about dick twist all the time. That's a real dick twist right there, guys. That is the dickiest twist dick twist i've ever seen that is is a that's one hell of a way to die imagine getting at the pearly gates how'd you die well i don't really want to talk about it that would be a tough one um but i this is never explained or or maybe i missed it in the first film why does art want to like fuck up everyone's face like he always goes right after their face and tries to fuck it up like it may be explained and i just forgot it but i don't know it just makes for really disgusting kills man um, I will say this is the first time the effects kind of look rubberish bad to me when he hits her in the chest and there's a big hole and it's just kind of flapping like this. First time yep. I was like, uh, eh, that didn't, that didn't hold up too well. Uh, last thing, when the fuck did he become a cannibal? Wait, what, where does this come from? Like, this is where the movie starts to make me mad even a little bit where I'm like, we're not explaining anything at all about art and what he is. Okay, go ahead, because if you have an explanation, I'm all here for it. It's not the cannibalism part. It's the lack of explanation for the cannibalism. How are you just now getting mad about this movie? Go oh, ahead. I was, not, I was just going to say he was he was a cannibal in the first one. See, I don't, man, I've already forgotten the first one. I ain't going to lie to you. I probably should have watched it. It's been like three years since we reviewed it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Time for a rewatch. Let's all do it together. Come on. Everybody, have, we're in this fun. together. Hey, Dustin, I thought we were in this together, buddy. Go ahead. Not with that one. Oh, you done? Okay. Uh, so, Art doing something to someone off screen, like that's not like him. When he he drugged Jonathan off screen, like whatever he drugged him, I thought he may have killed him there, but um, he ended up not killing him. That's also weird that he didn't kill Jonathan. Like he's playing with his food there. I don't know. And then the little girl can channel other people's voices. Man, get the fuck out of my face. And a little tootski in the car before you knock boots. These kids fucking party. 
But when she threatened to put roughly $200 in the ashtray, what Absolute. a psycho. Boy. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I can't think of a worse way to go getting stabbed in the dick and then have it twisted off. Boy, ain't no way. But how did he not see Art coming? Like, he was stabbed from the front. And you right. said it, Brian. He kind of came out of nowhere. This ain't a damn RKO. Like, he approached from the front and stabbed him in the dick, and he just let it happen. Here's a, here's another thing for you, though. We don't actually see his dead body. What if he lived, and he had Ooh. to live the rest of his life with a mutilated dick? No, thank you. No. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a sign that says, Danger Clowns. And I need to get that on a T-shirt to mail to everyone I drafted in fantasy football this year because they fucking <laughs> suck. Worst year I've ever had. Bums. Sidebar. Uh, I love how she grabbed a, a chunk of two by four as her protection. Bitch thinks she's hacksaw Jim Duggan. But it probably would have helped had she, you know, swung it. She just grabbed it and held it. She didn't do shit with it. So that was annoying. And a, a yet another brutal kill for shock value with some terrible looking effects for the skin. I agree with what you said there, Mike. Uh, this The skin was kind of flapping like you could tell that it was just a chunk of latex or rubber or something. Did not look good. And honestly, it's a consistent theme. I didn't think many of the effects looked good. I thought a lot of the prosthetics looked, you know, like when he ripped the head in two earlier. And uh, when he cut the guy's head in two, it just, yeah, it was cool that his eye was still twitching, but the actual head didn't look that good. Consistent theme. Um, what do I have here? Oh, yeah. Another terrible set of scenes. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, fellas. This is the ending. Thank God. All right. Sienna finds Brooke's body, and Lauren Lavera does a fantastic job, I think, acting terrified as Art looks on. Art and Sienna fight, but it's mostly just Sienna getting her ass kicked and eventually knocked unconscious while Jonathan runs to the old attraction. Sienna wakes up and finds the homemade mallet Art used to kill Brooke and emerges from the door as Art uses a scalpel on Jonathan, cutting him multiple times. She hits Art repeatedly, lodging it into the back of his skull. She arms herself with a metal rod, and they enter what appears to be an old chapel with corpses sitting in the pews, which, sidebar, also makes no damn sense. I don't know what that has to even do with anything. But anyway, Art finds them and continues to beat the shit out of the brother and sister with a chain. Sienna eventually is able to gain control over the chain and turns it on Art before stabbing him in the head with said metal pole. After another resurrection, Jonathan manages to get Art's gun, which he uses to shoot him. Again, to no prevail, however, as Art is back yet again and pushes Sienna down into some sort of pit and stabs her with her father's sword. As Art returns to an unconscious Jonathan, we're shown the inside of a water chamber where Sienna is somehow still alive, watching the kids from her early nightmare sing and burn. Sienna appears to drown, being held by some worm-like tentacle as a close-up of her wounds bleeding into the water are shown. Back to Jonathan now, and Art is literally eating him. We see Sierra's sword come to life with electricity somehow, heals her wounds, and wakes her back up, allowing her to escape from the water chamber. She takes the sword and beheads Art with it, saving Jonathan. The little pale girl shows up, takes Art's head, and leaves without attacking Sienna or Jonathan. And as if that wasn't enough, we get a mid-credit scene where an inst institutionalized Victoria is throwing up in her cell. She writes Vicky plus Art on the wall with the blood from her pussy. She gives birth to Art's living head <laughs> and leaves the nurse screaming. This may be the most fucked up ending I've ever seen in my life. Go ahead. 
All right, Sienna must be horrified finding Brooke's dead body in the condition it is. Art kicks Sienna's ass in his bathroom. I do wonder why he doesn't kill her and moves on. I have my theories, but it's not like him. Jonathan is living out another nightmare of mine, being in a dangerous situation without my glasses or contacts. Yes, that is a real fear that I have. I don't know if this is what Damien was going for, but I get some Trish and Tommy Jarvis, the final chapter vibes with Jonathan and Sienna. I like the dialogue delivered by Jonathan about being right about Sienna being the one who can stop art. That He has great sincerity in his voice for his older sister. Fun fact, according to David Howard Thornton, this isn't just an ordinary whip he's using here. It's made of the hair of his previous victims. Sienna keeps kicking ass, and I love the stoic face Art makes as he's impaled in the noggin with that fence post. Jonathan finally contributes, helping his sister out shooting Art with that mini shotgun. Sienna, seeing her mom is confusing as hell. Is she crazy? Seeing things. Art and the pale girl manipulating her. This is something that needs explained or that I'm just missing. I'm feeling this runtime now, big time, as Art pushes Sienna through the floor to below, and we still have 18 more minutes. This is a trippy scene as Sienna is in this water chamber in the clown cafe again. I'll be honest, I'm very confused by what's going on. The sword lighting up, also very confusing, but leaves the opportunity for something cool to be fleshed out with Sienna and her dad in his sketches. Sienna deserves some major props as a final girl. I think she's a badass girl. Even as Art realizes he's, te- he's about to be decapitated, he smiles a big smile. Such a fun, unique villain. I like seeing Pale Girl talking to Art's decapitated head and walking off with it. Uh, seeing Chris Jericho is cool. We're all wrestling fans, but this mid credit scene is very weird. Art and Victoria fucked at the end of Terrifier. She gives birth to Art's living, Art's living head. What is this? I have some theories, but I'd actually like to see what Damon Leone's vision is for all this. A uh, very weird mid credit scene, but I enjoyed this movie. I just want to say, and I know that, well, we all watched the Attitude Era. This is only the second time where Chris Jericho has been a part of a really fucking terrible birth giving. Now, he wasn't a part of it, but he was a part of the company when Mae Young gave birth to a hand. And this one's even fucking worse. Anyway, uh, it's much, much worse. At least that shit was hilarious. All right, I'll go back to the beginning. I have the hardest time taking Sienna seriously in this costume. It's just me. I know maybe I'm alone in that. I can't help it. I'm not even saying it's not an iconic costume, but I just have a hard time taking her very seriously. I do like that she stands up for herself. Like Nico said, she's kind of a badass, so props to her. I know that um, uh, the actress whose name I've already forgotten, even though I have it in my notes, uh, <laughs> uh, she's you know a, martial, a mixed martial artist in real life or a martial artist in real life, so her stuff comes across stiff, as they say, in the wrestling business. Um I will say, though, the fight scene was really drugged the fuck out. Like, it, and again, we don't know if Art is human or not. So I just have a hard time investing in the fact that, oh, is she going to kill him off? No one goddamn well now. He can't be killed off. He's 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 not human, I think, I guess. It just a lot of inconsistencies that I don't like. Uh, enough good brother and sister stuff here for me to invest. Don't take that the wrong way. I, I don't want to see any smirks. I mean, legit. Uh, but we've just taken a really long time to get here. Like just, it's just the runtime is so bloated, especially here at the end. And then the floor opens up. There's red lighting. She drops into a Houdini water tank thing. The, the clown cafe is back. Like, and this sword that lights up on her, on her ad, like what is going on here? Like just a very bad dream. And to me, 
takes a lot of good that a goodwill built up for me in the first part of the movie and really just shits all over. Like there's way too much going on here. Uh, just in the fucking film. Like this feels like a movie. No one knew how to end exactly. Um, it's just on all kinds of drugs. There's too much shit being squeezed out of the bag here, but shout out to Chris Jericho (laughs) because like I said, he was already in the company for the, what I thought was the worst on-screen birth ever given. Now there's this one that's even fucking worse. Uh, Just look, man, this scene is disgusting, unnecessary. It's not hip, cool, funny, nothing. It just doesn't do it for me. Too over the top, too gratuitous. It doesn't make like, it's not, it just doesn't work. Like, it does not fit. Just disgusting and unnecessary. And I don't get why it's Art's living head. That makes no fucking sense. Like, like Nico said, if he wants to flesh that out in the next film, fine. But I have a feeling that he will not. Because there's a lot of stuff from the first one that's not fleshed out. I have a feeling we're going to go that same trajectory. So, I'm a little mad that the movie ended on such a, and I know you two hate it, but... I'm a little mad at how the movie ended because I did like a lot of stuff in the early part of the film, but we get here and it just pretty much punches me in the fucking face. Like, man, you, you, I like this art character way too much to just have, this is just shenanigans on a different level. Go ahead, Dustin. First of all, my dog, Johnny, he's navigating pretty well considering he doesn't have his glasses. Makes you wonder if he was a poser this whole time, like that Helen Keller. Uh, not sure. Oh my God. No, Stevie Wonder ain't blind, but Helen Keller, Helen Keller was a lie. You cannot tell me Helen Keller did all the shit. Stevie Wonder is also a lie. Hey Shaq. Uh Uh-huh. I bet you knew Shaq was getting on that elevator. You being person. Very superstitious. Uh, I'm not sure why he didn't kick art in the nuts though. When he grabbed him by the throat, could have saved him a future scar on his cheek. Like no one tried Art was way too close, and no one even tried to fight back. Kick him in the balls. It works. Bob, ask Bobby Hill. Then Sienna whacks uh, Art in the head with that weaponized table leg. Now, I may have been confused earlier. I thought that table leg is what had the acid on it because it looked like when he hit that girl with the ass, with the table leg, that's when the skin started bubbling. Maybe I missed it, but... Yeah, I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I was wrong well, about th- that. He threw that acid, but it, like he had it in a jar in his other hand. He threw it on. Yeah, it I saw that, but I, oh. I didn't see him throw acid. Maybe I was looking at my phone to type something. I don't know. But okay, I'll I'll just chalk that up. I missed it. I'm not rewatching it. Uh, <laughs> I got a chuckle at one of the props in the haunted ha- uh, haunted church scene. Motherfucker looked just like Emperor Palpatine. I know Nico gets that, <laughs> and that had to be intentional. Like he looked. At, did he not, Brian? Like the, yeah, one of those. He did. Little haunted churchgoers looked like Palpatine. Uh, then Sienna whooped Art's candy ass. I'm not buying that either. All the people he's killed and a high school girl and her nerdy little brother take it to him like that. Yeah, right, dude. And then what the fuck was that hallucination when Barbara is talking to Sienna? The fuck is going on here? And then Art's magically back alive and Jonathan's just laid out. And then what the fuck was up with that hell pit he threw her into? Man, in this movie already. But no, she goes back in her dream, and then Tommy's magic sword from Power Rangers comes alive and gives her powers. And she cuts his head off, and we're still getting a third movie. Fuck it. Why not? One of the most drawn-out, worst endings to one of the worst, most drawn-out movies I've ever seen. But wait, there's more. 
mid credit scene that I would absolutely not have watched had it not been pointed out by y'all when Brian, when you set the breakdown and said that there's a mid credit scene, I was ready to turn this shit off. But we get a mid credit scene, and it's the highlight of the movie because oh, Chris yeah. Jericho's in it. Now the scene's not just the fact that Chris Jericho's in it <laughs> because he's a top ten wrestler ever for me. Top ten, top fifteen. I love Chris Jericho. I'd love to have him on the show to talk horror. But the scene was just a grotesque addition to an already grotesque movie. Added absolutely nothing of value. I'm sure it will because in the third one it's going to add something. But I'm not watching it. She gave birth to Art's head. Go to hell. Oh, you will watch it, buddy. You I promise will I'm watch not. it. I promise I'm not. Oh yeah. All right, let's buddy. go. Social media questions. Uh, Randy Smith. I personally don't get the hype for these movies, and I love cheesy movies that most people hate. But Terrifier movies don't do it for me. I would rather watch Winnie the Pooh again just to see how many more times y'all can say poo. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Come on. Go dogs. And this week I'll give you a go Knowles and fuck the Gators. Um, he also wrote, oh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all of you and your families. And we got a gobble gobble motherfucker from, from Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. Go dogs. Sean the Glee Man. I was so bored during this movie. The kills were way too drug out and the movie definitely went on too long. All right, Sean. Just a Colorado Space brain. fan, may I add. <laughs> <laughs> Immensely Andrew better Ferguson. movie than this. Uh, Andrew Ferguson. Uh, I liked it, but it could have been not. about 45 minutes shorter. Uh, artist yes, climbing yes. the slasher power ranking and does a great job of rubbing salt into the wound, literally. Uh, nice. Hello. Hey, oh. Um, going to the Instagram, Jesse Craft. I loved the first Terrifier. I remember I watched it two times in a row when it came out. This one, however, I didn't care for. It was too much gore, and I love gore. Convinced me even too much of a good thing isn't always good. Sorry, I was reading like Floyd Mayweather there. Uh, and I didn't like the little girl clown. I agree, Jesse. I agree. <laughs> Jay Hambrick, 88. All I got to say is Lauren Lavera, call me sometime, please. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't even go. know I forgot her name last time. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. All right, bear with me, optional 13th Ghost. I think director Damien Leone really took the criticism fans had about the first film seriously, and it really shows with this film. Of course, the bigger budget helps tremendously, but I'm talking about it more from a story standpoint. We actually have one. We have backstory, we have character development, a character arc for our main protagonist. Sure, the gore has turned way up a notch, and art is meaner than ever, but now it's actually railroaded with substance. I'll admit it doesn't have to be two and a half hours, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Sienna is a badass final girl. I think David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown finds the perfect balance of mean-spirited, terrifying, and comedic, and I liked how they tied it into the first film and how they're actually expanding the universe. Looking forward to where Leon takes the story in the third installment. That okay. makes one of us. All right. Uh, <laughs> going to, I'm, going to I'm Facebook. Here for it. I'm here for it. Going to Facebook. Uh, Shiana Turner, do you think Art was created by their dad? I have no fucking clue, Shiana Turner, okay. because this movie is a goddamn. Be interested who, in who? Who flipping knows? Who knows? I yeah, second I'll, that, Brian. Who the I, fuck I knows? Have a theory as well. That's not a theory I'm only against. Okay, all right. It would flesh hmm. it out at least. Cole McAlexander, the Xena Warrior Princess concept kind of lost me, especially with the Thank supernatural sword <laughs> thing. But way better than the first movie. Actual cast we care about. Love the show, fellas. Keep it up. I disagree with that, Cole, but 
Nico does not. Amber George replied to Cole and said, I agree with you in all of this. The second one was definitely better, especially that one gory scene. Don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it yet. Oof. And then, Cole, and then Cole responds and says, 100%. Don't get me wrong, enjoyed the first one, but the character development and the relationship that's buildable with characters make the sure. difference. Budget increases and the increased fan following is just going to make the franchise even better. Can't wait. That is it. You All have right. any fun facts, guys? None. This movie's <laughs> not fun. Zero fun or non fun facts from Zero fun, sir. Zero <laughs> fun, sir. Uh, well, actually, this movie was funded stro- solely on Indiegogo by fans and donations alike. Uh, for a $250,000 budget, I believe the ask on Indiegogo was 50000 So way above expectations there. It also exceeded as a profit expectation, making a cool $15.4 million worldwide with limited release, by the way. Uh, so that's why we're getting a third. And there's definitely big, big fans of the franchise, as Nico mentioned. Plenty of Art the Clown costumes at the at, at the convention you guys went to. So, hey, we're getting another one. And when you make that much money against that small of a budget, you're bound to get another one. So I'm interested to see what the budget will be for Terrifier 3. All right. Our favorite part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Favorite kill, least favorite kill, and the rating. Dustin Franklin, you are up. All right. Favorite kill, the old dick twist. I mean, they're all pretty much on the same level, so I'll just pick the one where he grabbed the dick and twisted it. Uh, least favorite kill, the guy in the laundromat, because it was very predictable, and I don't buy that he slept through all that at all. All right, buckle up. <clears throat> the lowest score that I've given on this uh, show was a negative three to rubber. If you exclude that, I've handed out a few in the twos, but this is a new low, 0.5. This movie is an abortion. Thought the first one was ass, and they really outdid themselves with this hunk of shit. Art was apparently resurrected by the little girl, but it was never explained in the movie. There was no mention of why Sienna and Jonathan's dad had drawn art or what the connection was there at all. It's just a failure of a movie. I'm telling you right now, I will be using PTO when we cover the third one. I refuse. The only reason that this one gets even a half a point is because Lauren Levera did a great job as Sienna, and Art as a character is a brutal killer who's just stuck in shitty movies. Now, I did want to bring up something that Mike said earlier. You brought up how uh, Art has this obsession with destroying faces and stuff. That's actually something I would like to see expanded on in the first one, in the in the third one. Like maybe his makeup or his you know is taken off, and we see that he himself is yeah, mangled, and sure. that's the reason. Right. But unfortunately, I won't be watching it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Now, didn't Nico try to skip a movie? And Dustin said that was not okay. I'm pretty sure that happened. I'm pretty sure that here's I'm pretty the, here's sure the Nico's thing. had to suck it up. Not these rules Whoa. apply for hey, here's the thing. Yo. Hey yo, come on. Here's the thing. There was this text sent recently in a group chat that said uh-huh. Dustin's rules apply to y'all, not him. <laughs> you damn right. Fuck that. I'm paying to feel my pain month for <laughs> for whenever this movie comes out. Go for it. Okay, Nico out. Chin, you're up next. All right, favorite kill. I'm going to pick something different than the most popular kill. I'm going with Brooke. I love the razzle-dazzle of the acid, then club to the chest and eating her heart. I like that kill. Least favorite kill. All the kills are pretty good, but I'll go with one of the random Tommy gun deaths from the, if if those count in the dream sequence. Yeah. All right, just for a little paragraph. 
uh, and Dustin's probably going to not be my friend anymore for my rating. You're damn right. I've already unfriended you on Facebook. Now I don't even have Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take me out of your top eight on MySpace too? Yeah. <laughs> damn that 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 was real pain back in the day. All right. Oh, anyway, yeah. This is a movie I didn't hate, but definitely didn't care for after the initial watch. I went into it with a bad attitude seeing the runtime, which I can understand. Two hours and 18 minutes. Whew. However, I saw it again recently in theaters, and I enjoyed it a lot more. I still have some of the same issues. The runtime is inflated for sure. Things need to be explained, fleshed out more. And some of the acting isn't the best, but they basically had no budget. So you're not going to get Margot Robbie and uh, Florence Pugh for this kind of movie. If you go listen to our mailbag episode, big fan of the show, Elbow.Tyler asked, what are the three most important things to you in a horror movie? My third answer was a great portrayal from the villain. DHT, David Howard Thornton, friend of the show, has cemented art as a horror legend. The effects are great. The score was groovy, and I have fun with this. I'm excited for a Christmas Terrifier 3 next year, and I give it a 7.5, one point higher than Terrifier 1. Did you say 7.5? All right. Yeah, same, same as what Mike gave Winnie the Pooh last week. That's right. Uh, all right. So I had a hard time picking my favorite kill because I don't know if anything can be described as my favorite because I think they're all pretty fucking disgusting and uncomfortable. Right. Say, be a man. I am. I'll say the Halloween <laughs> or the spirit Halloween staffer kill. You know, the guy behind the register. I thought the effects actually looked really good on that kill. Uh, I love the fact that it's a cleaver. Uh, I, I think that's pretty unique. I haven't seen one in a while in a horror film. I actually have the same least favorite, which is just all the gunshot kills in the in the Kyle Cafe scene. I'm just not a fan of my slasher guy using a gun like he's a fucking mobster in a a movie. I mean, I mean, are those even kills though? Because that was like those aren't real people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna count them as kills. Okay, I'm gonna count them uh, as kills. They were, yeah. I mean, look, I needed listen. to pick something because I don't like I don't really have a favorite or least favorite because they're all fucking gross. I guess if you really wanted to, you could. Uh, Nope, it's one of those. Anyway, no, no, pick, pick uh, those. We're arguing semantics over a movie that yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense anyway. So, oh, here we go. All right, look, this movie's fine. There, it's got a lot of qual- like I have a lot of qualms with it, and there's a lot of problems with it. But I do like Art the Clown as a character. I think David Howard Thornton does an awesome job, and I think Damien Leone does a really good job with what you know his ideas and pitches. Just some of it needs to be fleshed out more. I like the. The you know there's a lot of good cam- or there's a lot of good camera work for the budget. I think it looks really good. I like that grindhouse feel. Uh, it, it, it's a very dirty movie, and sometimes I like being in that headspace for a horror film. But when I asked for story, I wanted something cohesive, something that made sense. And we're all over the place here. Now maybe a third film changes my mind, uh, but until that third film film comes out, I can only go off of what I have here. And to me. Unlike the first one that needed story, this one had entirely too much fucking shit shoved in this bag. So all that being said, I gave this movie a six. You guys keep talking about like a third movie. Maybe it'll make it better. Name another movie in the history of creation that you have to have another one to even understand what the fuck's going on in this one. Halloween ends. Duh. I'm just kidding. The fuck? All right. So bear with me. Because I was thinking it. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, Anne's ruined it. <laughs> All right, so bear with me here. Worst, worst kill. I put the patron at the laundromat. Uh, the after effects are great, but they're really like what I'm about to say here. Best kill. I picked Allie, I guess, because of how over the top it is. But 
like all of these kills, I'm never watching them and I'm like, oh shit, that's awesome. I'm like, fucking, that's disgusting. They're all gore porn for the sake of gore porn. So, and I'm just not a big fan of that. Some questions I have here. So the pale girl is a former victim. Okay. Why the fuck is she back here then? How does the girl interact with the physical shit like making calls and impersonating voices? Why can't everyone see her? Why is Art targeting Sienna's family at all? Is it because he just ran into her at the costume shop or what? The fuck is this magical sword shit? And what the fuck is this connection with their father and all of that? I mean, it literally, none of it makes sense because it's not explained. Is the girl the evil entity? Did she take Art's head and then put it in Vicky's vag? These are burning questions. I don't know. Um, There's nothing terrifying about this movie. Like I said, it's way too long. The first one at least made me feel uncomfortable. This was just gore porn that was like exaggerated to the point that it became ridiculous to me. Props to Lauren Lavera, like we talked about for her performance throughout and doing amazingly with what she had to work with. And also props to Jackie Hughes, Brianna Loydren, and Alana Rose, among many more, I'm sure, with the makeup department. Uh, like I said in my open, I gave the OG a four, if I'm not mistaken. And honestly, I would ret- re- retroactively give that lower, and, you know, now that I'm not fresh off interviews with David and Catherine. But I'm going to give this one a 1.75, the second lowest score I've ever given. This one's just, to say the least, not for me. So that gives us a composite score of a 3.9375. IMDb must have been voted on by only Mike and Nico because it has it as a 6.1 with 43,000 votes. Jesus Christ. Hey, Mike, we're in this together. That's right, buddy. (laughs) Put them in. Oh, Oh, sorry. Y'all got any final thoughts for you shout out our blood donors and I'll announce my pick for next week. All right. I just want to say thank you to all of our blood donors. We really appreciate y'all. Michael Evans is a final guy donor. Really appreciate you. Uh, I don't know why I butchered her name. Rochelle McLaughlin, big big fan of the show. She's been around since the beginning. Really appreciate you, Rochelle. Legendary blood donor. Frazier Rice, dream warrior level blood donor. Really appreciate you, man. Camper level reoccurring. Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Mirza. Shout out to Michelle. She's awesome. The Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, Sean Irwin, Kelsey Miller, my boy CJ, Christopher James, and Michael Evans. Camp Counselor Recurring, Edwin Hernandez-Gunn, Joe Swinford, Kyla Denise, all the way from Australia, Adrian Aiello, Karen, Brian Samick, Andrew Ferguson, Matt Strickland, and a new Camp Counselor blood donor, Brooke Maley. Really appreciate y'all. Y'all take a big burden off of us. And this is the only time I'm ever going to say this in history. Shout out to the IRS. No 1099 this year. High five, Brian. Woo! Don't have to do that shit this year. That's a big W for us. Well, uh, seriously, I'm finding this out live on air. I'm pumped about that shit. Is this for I, real? Hell yeah, brother. I was pumped oh. too. I was a sneaker reseller. You know I needed oh, that shit. shit. Let's go. <laughs> and they're raising it up to five bands next year, so we might be okay. Uh, right. Shout out to re-election time when everything you know gets a little bit better. <laughs> Anywho, I'll announce my pick now. I kind of might have cheated, honestly, Dustin, because I picked The Human Centipede. I had two other options, like Feel My Pain, like two movies I truly hate was Men and In the Tall Grass, but I hate those movies. I don't want to watch them. Y'all are going to have to pick them to make me re-watch them. I chose a human centipede no, just because I feel like most people think that that's the most disgusting, worst horror movie concept ever. So 
I'm going to make y'all watch it. Can't be worse than this. Can't be worse than this. Can't be. I'm going to make y'all watch it. It's actually Zero a pretty decent movie, but I'm going to make y'all watch it. I don't it. think it's bad. Yeah. The human centipede. The, the second one is is gnarly. It's it's, yeah, this, it's this level bad. But next week's human centipede. Uh, looking forward to it. Mike, you got any final thoughts on your pick? No, man. I'm glad we got to review it. Uh, again, I uh, a frustrating film ex- a frustrating film experience because there's a lot about this movie I like. I want it to be better than I thought it was. But hey, you know, not as fun as Pointy the Pooh. God damn it! Great pick, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to all of our listeners. We really appreciate y'all. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Y'all stay safe. Don't light the damn house on fire. Watch them turkeys. <laughs> Enjoy the clown cafe. Oh. Gobble gobble, motherfucker. Just want to remind everybody. Let's go.